Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Week two of NFL action is in the books, and we're on to week three here. And uh, let's just uh, get right to it, bring on the other member of the crew, head upstairs in his bedroom back from Vegas. Crowber, how you doing? What's up there, Frank? Yeah, not doing too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy now. I know we've flipped back and forth between doing them on Tuesday or Wednesdays, but it's pretty nice that there's uh, already a Thursday night game tomorrow, and then uh, you know a whole uh, we're back to the eight and five, which is pretty great. Where we got the eight early games and the five late games, which is much more preferable than it was last week. So pretty good. I'm, uh, it's a fun time of year here with uh, all the football going. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, those games is pretty pretty hectic. Uh, last Sunday when we're trying to watch all games, I to be honest, a few that we didn't have on the on the on the screen. It's just funny how. I mean, some of them like that Patriots game is obviously hard to get a whole lot of good information from when you have the top, probably the best team in the league against the worst team in the league. But still, you just have so much less of a feel for those two uh, those two teams after not watching the game. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is uh, definitely shows how much of a benefit it is to be able to catch most of all the games. Get kind of a real grasp on the teams here. But, well, let's uh, jump right into it and go to the first segment here and do a little weekly recap. The Weekend Recap. All right, so how did uh, Week 2 treat you there, Crabber? Um, yeah, from my own perspective, it was uh, uh, nothing nothing too exciting, a little pillow fight, 2-2. Two and two. Uh, But, yeah, as, as a whole, I know uh, it's been pretty rough here for me the last few weeks. Uh, tough start to the football season, college and pro. It's just uh, everything's gone wrong. I don't know what the clip I'm hitting at, but uh, between all my bets across the board, but something like 35%, something like that in the last few weeks, just uh, pretty – Pretty ridiculously, it's uh, you know you can have a blind monkey picking better than uh, what I'm getting so far between me and the the people I I follow and uh, my my crew. But hey, what are you gonna do? You gotta invest in one. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, exactly a little uh, little monkey blindfold like you have in a little Simpsons skit or something maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've just gotta keep grinding away. Hopefully, it'll results will turn. It's uh, you know just pretty hot. hard to be as bad as it's been going lately. So we'll see. But yeah, as for myself, I'm uh, gonna release plays. Two and two, I think, is pretty unfortunate. Not getting that Minnesota home. I think we're both on Minnesota. We talked about on the podcast. We like that number, and I think they kind of dominated the whole game, other than the first you know, half a quarter, whatever you want to call it. But uh, that one, I think, was all in their in their hands, and they should have probably won the game outright, and let alone cover the cover the three. And then I think the, the rest of my games, I felt a little slightly fortunate with Atlanta, but I feel like they controlled that game and uh, end end up being, I think, a good pick, like I like there on. That primetime game in, in Pittsburgh, uh, got a little unfortunate that Big Ben ended up being out, but was out for the rest of the year now, it appears. But I think still, even with him being in there, that's just, uh, I think a little bit of it's the wrong side there. I, I think Seattle's a better team, and uh, the backup for Pittsburgh didn't play that bad either. So, and I think the Rams uh, was the right side pretty much all the way along. Had that one uh, lucky call there with a, a defensive touchdown that should have been that was called back. But yeah, all in all, uh, not a whole lot for me to report. Just a two and two weekend and a slightly lo- slight loser on the units perspective. Yeah, I was pretty similar. I went two two and one. Uh, it was kind of frustrating in that Chicago. I ended up getting a somewhat fortunate push there at the end for my release, but I ended up winning with the the individual bet I made when I hit Chicago at pick early in the week. And then same thing with Atlanta. I feel fairly lucky to get there, but I also felt like that was the right side in that game. I was a right side winner, never in doubter. And then the Chargers, I could go on a 10-minute diatribe about how ridiculous that was. They lost that game. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what you sign up for when you're taking road Anthony Lynn as a short favorite in a game that they should very easily win, just one mistake after another. And 
they end up short. So, and then the Minnesota was kind of the same thing. Even though they were catching three points, they're just shooting themselves in the foot left and right and come up a little short. So it is what it is. At least I have this on the right side of the uh, never in doubt game there with Buffalo, who just took it to the Giants, who are just horrendous. So anyway, um, yeah. So overall, in all, it was a pretty you know kiss your sister tie goes a tie goes week there. So hopefully we can uh, move in the right direction here, even though it wasn't a total disaster there in week two, and and get it going here in week three. But before we do that, let's uh, look at there's only one game this week that ended up making the best of the number. So let's take a look at that. Getting the best of the number. All right, Rob. So what game was it that uh, where the number came into play? I guess I kind of already alluded to it in my yeah. my two two and one. But <laughs> yeah, you sure did. Uh, that one was, uh, of course, being the Chicago to Denver game. That one there opened a pick on like we talked about on the pod last week, and that one closed as high as two and a half with some juice or, or th- even some threes. So. Pretty clear cut one there, uh, pretty easy one. We put on this segment to the final score there, 16 to 14, in favor of Chicago and uh, landing right on two. So uh, yeah, like you said, you pushed, but that's a perfect one. Uh, you could bet either side and won the game relatively easily. It depend on when you bet it. If you bet it early in the week on uh, Chicago, you would have won. Or if you bet it later in the week uh, before close at Denver, you could have got the that that three or even two and a half, and definitely could have won uh, outright and not even just pushed. So. Really good example there, and again, just uh, hammer home the fact that you got to get the best of the number for sure. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's enough uh, talking about week two. Let's move forward here and head into week three, starting with uh, a little AFC South barn burner here on Thursday. we got the Titans of Tennessee heading down to Jacksonville. Uh, it looks like Jacksonville's a one-and-a-half-point home dog here with a total of 39. Yep, absolutely. Um, my what I'll do every week, I'll get my power rating number of just what strict numbers come out to be. Uh, don't handicap it at all, just on, on paper. And then I'll give the Westgate Superbook in there in Las Vegas the look headline from the week before what the number was before they played the last week game. So in this case, before they play week two's uh, game, and then I'll also give the opener after that game was over. The Westgate opens the line at the start of the week before you get any line movement from betters or anything involved, and then also the total what that total opened at. So you can kind of get a barometer where the, the line moves. So, uh, yeah, here Tennessee-Jacksonville, power rating Tennessee minus one and a half. Look at line Tennessee one and a half. Westgate open Tennessee minus two, and the total here open 40 and a half. And we'll see it. Uh, I'll say it a lot through the podcast here, but it's pretty common occurrence. We're seeing a lot of totals get hammered down here uh, from the opener and pretty much consistent steady downward movement on almost every total on the board. So I think a lot of that has to do with, just the way the totals trended last week, I don't know what the number was exactly, but I think there's maybe three games or something that went over. There's very few overs that actually cashed and uh, a lot of unders, so I'm sure a lot of it has to do with that. A little bit of recency bias as well as the, I know, the the holding calls being a lot more predominant and uh, from the referee's perspective from the offensive holding. I think that's uh, kind of a note they made in preseason and before. And I know one thing, uh, Michael Lombardi, who I respect and listen to quite a bit, he said he, he called this uh, several weeks before the season started about how he expects a lot of unders to be, uh, be be going in here on the game just with those holding calls. And you didn't really see as much, I don't think, in week one. But, yeah, definitely uh, <laughs> pretty obvious there in week two about how it slows the game down, hold, ruins their mo- uh, momentum and anything they, they have going on that drive. You can just kind of see a big drive stop when you get a holding call on offense like that, pushing back 10 yards. So yeah, it's just so hard to overcome that first and 20 or second and 20 or whatever it is. And I don't know how many, you know, we saw numerous drives that just got totally halted just from that very, there's, so there was three overs, including the Monday night and Thursday night games and all the Sunday games. So three and 13 to the under or 13 and three to the under is pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure a lot of that has to do with that, like I said, but to me, it's a, it's a deal where, it, it, you, you kind of want to look under pass, but now that the, the fact that the numbers are already moved, it's, it's, it's comes to a point where the value to me is pretty much extracted for the most part. I mean, that doesn't, can't, it's not a one all be all, but at the same time for me, I think it's just kind of, uh, you have to look over, but I, that, to me, I haven't played, obviously they didn't release any totals last week and I haven't really played any totals myself, uh, yet this season. So I mean, I'm going to be a little bit more, uh, kind of a wait and see approach on the totals myself, uh, Totals are not as strong for me as as, as the sides either, so I'm going to definitely not be too eager to bet any totals. I mean, if there's something I like, obviously I'll fire on it, but um, I'm going to kind of be waiting and see uh, approach on that. And and if nothing else, maybe try to fade the moves and go over. But, uh, again, it's kind of tough to do when you're kind of uh, in limbo here. So enough on that. But uh, as as for this game, I think, uh, again, you kind of got to pass the total. 
I, I, I like the move under originally, but now you know, you're not getting a lot of value, especially when it gets in the, in the high 30s like that. It's pretty tough to to pounce on when you miss the number. So uh, I, I won't be involved in the total. But uh, the, do, the side I do like, I haven't been involved in a Thursday night game yet this year, but I feel like Jacksonville um, is, is a side to look at here, getting the points at home. I think those home uh, home dogs, especially on Thursday night, uh, or just home home teams in general are pretty juicy and definitely the way I look. Uh, it's hard to bet a road team here, and especially in a Tennessee team with a quarterback that I don't really trust. So to me, Jacksonville uh, be the way you have to look and, and, and get the points, and hopefully I can get uh, some more some more points by the time it kicks off here tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I, uh, I kind of lean towards Jacksonville too, but I don't really have – a ton of reason behind it. It's more of like a gut feel than anything. Uh, the the Jacksonville defense that we that I was have highly critical of after week one when I thought they'd at least put a little bit of contest to Kansas City, but they were just terrific. And then last week they come back and then hold the Titan or the the Texans at only 13 points. So I mean, it's definitely a much better performance. They're getting a ton of pressure on Watson, and I think that Houston offense is a pretty significantly better offense than. Tennessee's offenses. So if that's the Jacksonville defense you're getting, I love you know Jacksonville at home catching a point and a half even with uh, Minshew at quarterback. So that's definitely the way I look. But it's just kind of which to me is like which week do you believe is more indicative of who the Jacksonville defense is going to be going forward? And I'm I just think especially when you look over the course of the years, it seems like the the home team has definitely had an advantage on these Thursday night games. I don't know if it's just the, the short week with the travel and everything or what, but uh, it seems like that's kind of been perennially factored in. And this number here, I don't I don't think Jacksonville's any great shakes, but I just don't think Tennessee's all that good either to be worthy of a road favor on a short week. And Tennessee looked it was just kind of an ugly game. I and mean, both these games last week were ugly in the in the AFC battles, and they they lost to the Colts. And I don't think they looked all that impressive. And I'm just not a big Mariota fan, so. I definitely lean to Jacksonville as the home dog as well, but it's not one of the strongest plays of all time. I just think it's worthy of a of a smaller bet. So, all right, let's head to the Sunday games. And the first game up, we have Denver heading to Green Bay. Looks like Green Bay is a seven and a half point home favorite here, the total of forty three. Yeah, my power rating number here, Green Bay eight and a half. Look headline, Green Bay six and a half. And the Westgate open, Green Bay minus seven and a half. The total here open forty three and a half. Um, yeah, again, a little bit down. We're moving on the total. Uh, nothing crazy, but slightly down. And then, uh, yeah, the point spread hasn't moved a whole lot here. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't have a lot to, for this game, so I don't want to belabor it. But at Green Bay, I think, uh, it's a team I'm looking to fade, if anything. I mean, that, 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 that win against Minnesota, I think, was pretty, uh, pretty phony. I don't think there's yeah, a lot. To, mirrors. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see a whole lot there. I mean, I think. Minnesota shot themselves in the foot more than anything. I think Green Bay looked pretty impressive out the gate, and I think uh, Zimmer made some adjustments in, in the defense, and the, and then Rodgers couldn't do anything against them. Rodgers in that offense, so uh, they pretty much shut them down after that half of the first quarter. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, but the problem is, is it's for me to come back on Denver. I like getting that extra hook, but the problem is I just don't really trust Flacco on this Denver offense, and uh, especially this defense is what they're supposed to be their strong point of their team. That looks almost like the weaker point <laughs> at this part uh, so far, two weeks into the season, which is never good. They had to rely on Denver and uh, or Denver's offense with Flacco at the helm uh, to keep in the game. Uh, it'd be one thing if Denver's defense was dominant like it was several years ago, but unfortunately that's not the case. So to me, it's a fairly easy pass. I think uh, obviously pretty prime teaser opportunity for Green Bay if you're going to look at anything. I think that's the only way you got to look at this game is uh, tease Green Bay down. Yeah, I saw a, uh, a tweet earlier that, Denver is the only team in the league that hasn't recorded a sack yet, which is pretty crazy when you get Vic Fangio in there, who is a defensive guru, supposedly, from Chicago. And I had kind of high hopes for their defense, and was just figuring, you know, Flacco can just kind of be the stereotypical game manager. They'll have a decent amount of success just by playing good, solid defense and not beating themselves, which is seems like a tough thing to do for a lot of teams in, in the NFL. But And then the other thing was they're only one of three teams that – uh I don't know, it was one of the three teams that hasn't recorded a turnover yet, and then also the only team that hasn't recorded a sack, so that's just pretty spectacular when uh, when it comes to a team that, yeah, you think should be focused around their defense. And Flacco looked looked pretty anemic again most of the last week, but you, you know, at least it was against a Bears defense. Uh, but then he, he did make a few throws there at the end to uh, take the lead there for a, a small time being before 
the Bears came down and kicked the field goal. So I, I don't really know what to make of uh, of the Broncos. I do think that, like you mentioned last week and why you stayed away from that game, was the Broncos usually have a pretty good home field advantage, especially early in the season. So maybe that keeping it close there against the Bears uh, is actually a little bit um, you know, more helped out by that factor than it was their actual ability level. So maybe once they do go on the road here, they'll be somewhat exposed. But to me, I just not, I just don't think these Green Bay teams really been that impressive at all. Uh, if they would have continued up the pace that they started against the Vikings, I would have been super impressed. But Rodgers just stalled out for three quarters there, and him and Lafleur were yelling at each other on the sideline, and just overall, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all that encouraging. Their defense still played okay, but it's not like they played th- that spectacularly by any means. So. I think Green Bay is definitely the better team here, but I don't think they're worthy of laying over a touchdown. Uh, especially you got the 2 and 0 team versus the 0 and 2 team, which is a pretty big spot that the markets and the sharper betters like to try to back the 0 and 2 team because they're going to be so much more hungry and, and need the game way more than the 2 and 0 team does. So in a spot like this, and Fangio is obviously familiar with, uh, stopping Rodgers, uh, being with Chicago, playing them twice a year all the time. So, I think their defense is due for a little bit of a uh, rebound week here with Denver. Maybe get a little bit of pressure on Rodgers, who really doesn't look like he's been able to move at all compared to how athletic he was back in the day. So I think uh, taking over touchdown here with Denver is the way I'd look. And kind of like with Jacksonville in the first game, it's definitely worthy of a small bet in my opinion, but nothing I'd go crazy on. Next game we have Detroit heading to Philadelphia. Uh, looks like Philly's 6.5-point home favorite here, the total of 45.5, 46. Yeah, my power rating number here, Philadelphia minus 9.5, the look headline, Philly minus 7.5, Westgate open, Philly 7.5, and, and the total here open, 49.5. Uh, yeah, big movement here on the under, uh, like you said, sitting 46 across the board, 45.5, and, a, half, and uh, a lot of that has to do with the injuries. I think that's the first, first, first place to start here for the handicap, for the injuries to Philadelphia. You saw them pretty banged up against Atlanta Sunday night. Um, you know, it's going to be somewhat out of a short week, having to play late there Sunday night, not going to have the... Uh, rest of the day, not going to make a huge difference on like a Monday night game as much, but still, uh, probably, probably trying to get as much time as possible there from the Philadelphia squad. I saw today they didn't practice at all just due to uh, injuries. They tried to get everybody healthy, so they didn't even practice at all. That doesn't help uh, when you got to prepare for the week coming up. So, I mean, all in all, to me, it's uh, a, a, a place where I really wanted to bet Philly here, and I, I like them under a touchdown. I was, I was ready to bet on them, but I kind of uh, had to look over everything and do my handicap, and like I said, with the injuries and everything else uh, building up, it just doesn't seem like uh, the, the best of uh, you know, wagers to be putting money on Philadelphia right now. But at the same time, I feel like the spot's pretty good. Uh, Detroit played a pretty tough game uh, last week, and you know that going down to the wire ended up pulling it out against the Chargers there. Like you said, uh, <laughs> in a little bit of a lucky fashion, I think a lot of things went right for them. But either way, they got the win, and I think. Not necessarily the monkey off their back, but they you know, beat a decent team at home, and now they got to go back onto the road and play. I think even a better team. Uh, Grant, they are banged up. It seems like this is a, a game where you know I, I might be on Philadelphia if, if they have as many injuries. I know Grant at the line would probably be a little bit higher, but it would, might be a little bigger bet for me. But I'm still going to have some money on Philadelphia laying, especially if you can get a six. I like six uh, rather than six and a half, obviously. But uh, we'll see if it comes down anymore. But I'll be monitoring this this line all week, and I'm, I'm most likely have some Philadelphia in my pocket. Just a matter of how much uh, and when I when I when I fire on it. Yeah, I think this Detroit team's as phony as a three dollar bill. But at the same time, I thought Atlanta was trying. Like the Chargers were trying to hand the game to Detroit last week, just repeatedly throwing interceptions and fumbling the goal line and missing kicks. And Detroit kind of backed their way into a win. Whereas that Atlanta was kind of trying to hand Philly the game in a lot of ways too. Met terrible throw by Matt Ryan in the red zone and just keeping Philly alive. That crazy Hail Mary there at the end, and, and Philly just refused to take the game, which I think a lot of that has contributed to how banged up they were. So I I want to bet against Detroit, and I don't think they're a good team. And I think they're 1-0-1 record, even though it's not super impressive. It's definitely misleading. I think they could very easily be 0-2 or 1-1 or uh, at, at the absolute uh, best. But I just don't think I can quite do it with Philly because I just Wentz didn't look terrible, but he just he didn't look all that great either. And you know he's been banged up, and there's the receiver injuries across the board, and I'm just not really ready to uh, to lay points with a team that I'm not all that confident. In, even though I think both teams at their best, 
I would really like Philly at this number, like you said, but it would probably be a little bit higher. But I think I'd really like a little bit higher number if they were fully healthy, if I thought they had a chance to really click on all cylinders. But at the current number with the current rosters, I just don't think I really want to back either of these teams in this type of game here. So for me, it's a fairly easy pass, and I move on to the next one. Next game we got is Baltimore heading to Kansas City. Looks like Kansas City is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite here with a total of 52, 52 and a half. Yeah, my power rate number here, Kansas City, eight and a half. Look headline, Kansas City minus six. The Westgate open here, Kansas City, six and a half. The total here, 52. Uh, yeah, this total here been bouncing a little bit around. It was got bet up originally when it first opened and bet back down pretty much to where it opened. And that's where it's sitting at now. So a little bit of a roller coaster ride there. Um, no opinion on the total, but, uh, I think for the sidewise here, it sounds a little repetitive of last game, similar point spread range, but it, it seems to me that it's a Kansas City or pass at under seven. And it's kind of a shame I'm doing my numbers and was going through everything. And I, I was hoping I could get something less than six here on Kansas City. And I'd, I'd uh, make a, you know, sizable bet here on Kansas City laying some points, uh, hoping that Baltimore gets some respect now that they're two and oh in the marketplace and like, <laughs> Hasn't been great. I know we talked about it last week, but the, the opponents they've played, I know you can only play who's in front of you, but at the same time, haven't shown a whole lot, and I think this team's going to be a little a uh, little phony and something you can bet against moving forward. I think this is a pretty good spot here to bet against them. Uh, I, I definitely don't like that extra hook off of six. I, I, I like it a lot more at under six. I think that's my buy price, uh, but I might have a little bit of money here, a little, little bit in my pocket at six and a half. I think it's still worth a small wager, but uh, like I said, I wish I could get a little bit of a better number with uh, more. I was hoping for some more support from Baltimore, and I I won't be surprised if this got bet up a little bit more, maybe because since it came in so high that you know it's sitting on six and a half, a little bit of extra juice at some some sharper shops I'm seeing, and it might actually get up to seven by kickoff. So I don't think it hurt at all to to take six and a half Kansas City. Like I said, uh, would like a better number, but I think uh, you might get best the number by the time it closes, and maybe worth a small wager Kansas City laying the points here at home. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I've I think Kansas City's worth a bet, even at six and a half. Um, I don't nothing. I just don't really like laying over a field goal in general a whole lot. So I very rarely bet big on those type of games anyway. But uh, I think that's definitely a side I want. Just mentioned Baltimore coming off a win where they kind of eked it out against the Cardinals and then blowing off the Dolphins, who look like a uh, Sun Belt team. That's just not all that impressive by any means. And even last week against the Cardinals, we talked about how you had a rookie quarterback on the road against John Harbaugh, and was, the Baltimore's been a fairly strong home field. So that win is even gets more diminished in how impressive it was in my eyes. Uh, meanwhile, the Chiefs going on the road, and they really don't, they only, they only scored in the second quarter, so their offense really wasn't clicking as much as as you'd expect outside of that one quarter, but it went absolutely bonkers. But now they head back home to Arrowhead against a team that should have their full attention here a team that's been getting a lot of uh, press and how Lamar Jackson MVP talk and, and all that, which I think is a, a little absurd. So I think this would be a pretty good spot here for Kansas City to uh, run up the score and win this game fairly comfortably, and so I don't mind really laying the six and a half. But in this spot here, uh, you know, usually in a, in a game line six and a half, seven, seven and a half, you, your general thought is to tease that down, to get it down close to a pick. Uh, but I don't really think this is a great candidate for a teaser because I think both these teams are fairly high variance. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Baltimore came in here and with the goofy offense and against Kansas City's pretty poor defense and Mahomes happens to make a couple turnovers, which is would be un- pretty uncharacteristic, but it's obviously possible. And all of a sudden, Baltimore wins the game outright. Or I could see where Lamar Jackson and the whole crew kind of come back down to earth and Mahomes is, has a normal game and, Kansas City wins by 21, so it definitely, to me, isn't a tease candidate because I think both these teams are pretty high variance, and uh, I, I definitely lean to Kansas City here, but probably not quite enough to release it as a play. Next game is Cincinnati heading to Buffalo. Looks like Buffalo is a six-point home favorite here with a total of 43.5, 44. Oh, yeah, my power rating here, Buffalo minus seven, the look headline, Buffalo four and a half, the Westgate open, Buffalo six, the total here open. 42, and this is uh, one of the ones actually rare. Uh, it's been bet up here a little bit, like you said, 44, 43 and a half, and opener 42. So overtaking some money. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that exactly. I mean, I don't, 
Yeah, no opinion, I guess. But uh, as for the side, I, I I don't have a whole lot either. To me, this game, it's just you know, boy, is Buffalo getting quite a bit of respect in the marketplace. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with it. As my power rating state, I mean, I have this at seven, so power rating numbers look towards the Buffalo side. But just from a value and a spot perspective, I think you got to look at Cincinnati. So to me, it's a fairly easy pass. I mean, I don't even know where this number would have to get before I would like either side. I just feel like this is a game, uh, you know, we'll watch and see. I think. Uh, we're not going to learn a lot from Cincy, but I think we'll learn more from Buffalo. And I feel like this might be the type of game where they play pretty close uh, and and show that they're not that a, a top, you know, one of the top ten teams in the league type of thing, or even top half of the league in Buffalo. And and uh, the fact that they couldn't blow the doors off of a Cincy team that's definitely a bottom quartile of the league. So we'll see how they do against the lower tier competition here. Uh, I think Buffalo is a pretty interesting team and, and a difficult team to handicap at that. So. Uh, like I said, I'll be staying away and watching this game, but most likely won't have any money, side or total. Yeah, I've been I've backed Buffalo both games against the uh, the New York duo, and they got the money against the Jets as the three point dog, or and then they got the money against uh, the Giants in that pick them to minus couple range, and uh, the second second game pretty easy. The first game was a little dicey there, so they're two and zero oh, and both on the road, and I think it's fairly impressive. But it does seem like the markets are kind of uh, definitely giving them a little bit more respect than I think is probably deserved for how impressive that feat actually is. Uh, but meanwhile, the only thing that really scares me away, I would like Cincy quite a bit in this game. Uh, if they would have played a little bit more respectably against the Niners last week, even if they would have lost. But the fact that they got absolutely drilled and weren't competitive whatsoever against the Niners at home is a little alarming. Uh, I'm not sure really what to make of that. So I know... Even though they lost against Seattle in week one, it was a pretty good effort. And I'm like, oh, maybe this would be like a frisky bad team that you can back in this situation, catching six against a, uh, you know, middle of the road to slightly above average team. But uh, last week it just kind of scares me that if you bet Cincy, you, you're, you could feel like you're dead five minutes into the game if the same team shows up that played last week. So I definitely lean Cincy. And uh, maybe I think it's probably worthy of a, of a small bet at catching six, but not, not anything where I'm going to hammer it home because you're just not, Really sure exactly who Cincy is yet, and uh, I feel like you're getting a couple extra points though. In the meantime, uh, next game we have Atlanta heading to Indianapolis, and Indy's a one and a half point home favorite here with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here: Indy minus two and a half. The look ahead line: Indy minus one. Westgate open Indy three, and the total here open 47 and a half. Uh, to me, another another easy pass for me. Uh, you know, long story short, I don't I don't. I don't know if I necessarily want to fade both these teams, but I'm definitely not looking to bet on them. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I picked Atlanta last week, I think, because the spot was uh, all over Atlanta. And like you said, they are somewhat fortunate. They're trying to get that game away. I think they kind of dominated from pretty much the whole game and, and ended up only, you know, barely squeaking out a win and a cover and uh, was in jeopardy there at the end, too. So I was uh, a little bit harder than it should have been, I think, uh, from an Atlanta backer last week. So I had the same kind of qualms uh, going in here. Uh, against Indy, and then I think the other problem too is they're just a much better team in the dome at home. Uh, Ryan is a quarterback, and the Atlanta offense uh, clicks a lot better, so that worries me. That I'm going on the road here to Indy, but I, I don't know. I think this Indy team, I think people are are still respecting them a decent amount, and I I understand that to the to an extent, but I I just don't have the same type of faith, obviously, without having luck in there. I mean, I know they've they've been adjusted quite a bit, but I just uh, I just I don't know. This seems like a little bit more of a scrappy team without luck. Uh, team that kind of has to get by, and uh, you know, like I said, just not a team I'm not really interested in in laying points with a, a whole lot, uh, especially for a middle middle type of tier team in Atlanta. So yeah, like I said, to me it's pretty pretty easy pass all in all. I, I you know when it opened at three, I was maybe looking at Atlanta, but yeah, those are always bought up, and now it's been uh, you know those are long gone, and I think that's the only way I could have played the game and wouldn't have even loved it. So it might have been a good thing, uh, blessing in disguise that this will just be a pass for me. Yeah, I I disagree. I I, I thought three was the right number. I don't understand why is Atlanta a better team than Indy. Uh, like, yeah, they backed their way into a win last week against a super banged up Eagles team that was just didn't play pretty abysmally. And then they got absolutely blown out out by the Vikes on the road the first game. So now they go back on the road. Yeah, like you said, they have, usually have a pretty good home field and are you know the hometown or the home dog primetime angle, where it's just a great spot for Atlanta. That's part of the reason we were on them after a blowout victory, and then all of a sudden, I mean, a blowout loss. Now all of a sudden, they turn around and go play the Colts, who 
played two pretty solid efforts on the road and barely losing to the Chargers team and then coming back and beating the uh, you know the division rival Titans on the road. It was a kind of an ugly game. I'm not a huge Titan fan, but still, they're not a disaster, so that's a fairly solid win. Now they come home for their home opener, and you don't have the 2-0 and angle where they might be a little bit uh, you know, fat and happy after the 2-0 road trip, so they're only 1-1 still. And, uh, I mean, just, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Brissett in the world, but it's not like he's playing horribly by any means. I mean, last week he had three touchdowns and, and one interception, and Matt Ryan just looked pretty terrible, and now you got him on the road again. Um, I don't know. I just think I think these teams are pretty equal. I don't still don't understand why what Atlanta's done to gain more respect than what Indy's done, other than maybe preseason projections. But I don't. I wasn't overly high in Atlanta coming into the season either. So to me, this is just uh, the three that was put out there was right. Uh, I don't understand why it's coming down here. So I'll almost for sure have some kind of a bet uh, at Indianapolis here, laying one or one and a half or whatever it ends up being. So that's the way uh, that's the way I'd look here. Next game is Oakland heading to Minnesota. And it looks like Minnesota's, like I see, uh, eight, eight and a half, nine, somewhere in that home favorite with a total of 43 and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota, nine and a half. The look headline, Minnesota, seven and a half. The opener at the Westgate was Minnesota minus eight, and the total here opened 43. Uh, yeah, I think you're seeing a little bit of market, uh, <laughs> reluctance, reluctancy with Oakland. I think they're, uh, kind of tired of backing the Oakland, especially after just getting, you know, wiped out last week against Kansas City. I, I don't, I don't believe they scored one point in the second half, uh, either, either offense or defense at all in the Kansas City Oakland game. I think I mentioned that to you. Pretty crazy how that's even possible. <laughs> um, 28 to 10 going into half and not one point was scored. But, um, yeah, I think here is, uh, it's a case where, I, I just I don't know how you bet either side here. I just don't know how you trust Minnesota. Like I, like last week when we're watching the game, I mean Cousins just looked so uncomfortable and rattled about every little thing, and in the pocket just didn't look comfortable making decisions. It looked like you know he just wasn't it wasn't being himself at all, and that's that's kind of always worried me with Cousins, and I that's definitely worried me uh, with my Minnesota bet going into last week. I know I know the first I, I said that I think I believe I said it on the pod last week. Uh, the when Minnesota played their, their first game against Atlanta, they dominated so much and the run game was working so well against that Atlanta front seven that they didn't have to show anything in the passing game. So now they went and played the Green Bay team and, you know, there, there it goes and they have the passing, passing game going. And then Kirk obviously made that big mistake. They're throwing the, uh, INT in the end zone on first down. That was just uh, egregious. And then you saw some kicking problems. I mean, definitely saw some issues here with this Minnesota team. And I just don't know if it's necessarily warranted to lay this many points, but. At the same time, I understand uh, you know, against an Oakland team that doesn't, hasn't shown a lot either. So to me, this is uh, right where my numbers make it, right where I think it should be in that pocket between seven and a half and ten, uh, seven and a half and nine and a half is right where it is. And yeah, to me, there's not a whole lot you can get from this. Uh, I obviously being a Minnesota fan, we'll see what happens and hoping uh, they should be able to blow the doors off them. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of faith in that either. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, easy pass for me. I think this is one of the most bettable games on the board. If if you can get a teaser down below through three, I just I find it super hard to believe. Like last year, uh, week three, Minnesota blew it as a huge favorite to Buffalo and uh, somewhat of a similar role. But I just think Oakland's kind of a mess, and I think that week one win against the Broncos was more just kind of fluky and weird game than anything, which I think could be one of those games you look at, at the end of the year and say that was just kind of strange. And then last week against the Chiefs, they jump up town early, and I was like, oh, you know, maybe this Raiders team is going to be a little bit friskier than we thought. And then, yeah, they went scoreless the rest of the way. And uh, I think Gruden's good at scripting those plays right out of the out of the shoot, but when it comes to David Carr with his lack of talent around him to, to create, I just don't have a whole lot of faith, especially against a good defense here. And then you got uh, Tyrell Williams, their number one receiver is banged up, and Jacobs, the running back, is banged up. So I don't know if they're going to go or not, but that could be two huge losses potentially for Oakland too. And then I can talk about Cousins. Like I agree, it's definitely a big red flag. Uh, but I think I worry about him on the road and against good teams. And Oakland, this doesn't qualify as either of them. You know, here you got a yeah, just a very true garbage team on at home. This is just the spot where Cousins doesn't have to do a whole lot. Looks great, boosts those stats for the rest of the season, and. Minnesota rolls, and then you talk yourself into them for 
the big spot where he potentially comes up short again. Uh, so I, I don't think I would necessarily lay nine or eight and a half, but I feel like you could tease this or money line parlay it without a whole lot of hesitation. That's kind of the way I would look to uh, attack this game. Uh, next game is to me, this, <laughs> these are the, the, the unplayable ones. Basically you got the jets heading to new England and uh, inter- AFC East interdivision battle here. And then you got new England laying 22 and a half, 23 at home with a total of 43 and a half. Oh yeah, my power rating here, New England minus 20. <laughs> Look at line, New England 13. That's obviously, uh, before the, <laughs> the Jet, uh, quarterback woes. And then the Westgate opened here, New England 17 and a half. Then after the Monday night game that the Jets played, it reopened, uh, the next morning, Tuesday morning, 22 and a half. So obviously an adjustment there between the quarterbacks and the awful, awfully, <laughs> awful performance that they put up, uh, in front of everybody on Monday night, uh, had to do with that. And the total here opened 48. So, now, and that's what it actually opened at. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Let's see. I can pull it up. But yeah, I think that that was pretty. That was hammered a ton on the under. Just constant. Uh, yeah, it looks like that was opened up. Probably Luke Falk against the uh, New England defense money. Oh yeah, it looks like. Never mind. That was opened. Uh, that opened up in the afternoon on on Sunday. So that's what a lot of it had to do with it. So it looks like it reopened somewhere in the 44, 45 and a half, 44 range. So that makes. So somewhere in there. So yeah, it definitely reopens. So I guess it just adjustments made. That had probably a lot to do with the quarterback. But anyway, not a, not a big deal. Uh, yeah, I don't want, I won't belabor this anymore. It seems to me you, you can't lay this many points in the NFL. And, uh, it's basically the Jets are pass. And to me, my power rating numbers are right around that area. So to me, it's going to be a pass. I'm going to have to wait to see something from this team and the, and the next team we'll talk about here in the next game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the way you got to look at it is to take the 23 in a division battle, like I said, but at the same time, you got a, New quarterback that has no experience. The, I mean, Gase has a little bit of experience, I guess, being with Miami with how New England operates, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, just, just total mismatch. It's like a college game, basically, where it's how motivated is New England going to be to run up the score and whatever. So, I don't know. I just, I just look at that and you say, I just want to take the points, but I, definitely not something I would, uh, invest too much in because, you know, who, who knows? The Patriots could blow them all like they had the last couple of games. So for me, it's a pretty easy stay away. Uh, next game, similarly lined game. We got Miami heading to Dallas. It's like Dallas is a 21 and a half, uh, point home favorite here, the total of 47. Yeah, my power rating, Dallas minus 21, the Westgate look ahead line, Dallas 15 and a half, the Westgate opener, Dallas 20 and a half, and the total here open 46. Um, yeah, again, I don't want to get too in depth. I think it's the same, same principle. I think this, if you, if you take, force me to pick one of these two games, I think I'd much prefer the Jets. Uh, take, getting more points against a better team in the Patriots, but I think, you know, yeah, divisional game, gonna help them keep it a little bit closer, you would think. And then, uh, but yeah, Miami, I think, is just a team that's on back well pretty much at this point, at least for me personally, on, on my own bets. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they have to show you something before you can bet them. I'm not gonna, I think I mentioned it or we mentioned on the pod last time, uh, it's kinda like the Cleveland team of the last year or two that it's, that's where you think the value's on, but it doesn't really matter how much value you're getting if they never can win or never cover or if they're not trying. So, yeah, to, to me, I think Miami just is unbettable until they show you something. So, so you, I think you got to pass this game. Yeah, and that's the thing with the NFL is motivation's never been this much in question this early in the season. So normally I think it's basically an auto bet, which I guess you could almost you know, refer that back to the Jets game. Um, but when you're not even questioning whether the team's even trying or the players are even putting an effort – uh, it's, it's just regardless of how juicy the number looks, I just don't think it's worthy of wasting your money on it. I'd much rather, I'd much rather take a shot with that Cincy team catching six or some game like that where the team might at least be mediocre. Where here, there's no doubt Miami's just a garbage, absolute bottom feeder of the league, and the effort's not even there. So I think for me, but at the same time, I'm never going to lay 21 and a half in an NFL game. That's, I'm just going to look elsewhere for different opportunities. So. About as easy of a pass as they come for me, but as far as survivor pools go, um, it'll be interesting to see how those play out because it's basically just going to be fade Miami pretty much every week until they get into the teams where they play them for the second time. They don't have to look elsewhere. So uh, Dallas will be my survivor pick for what it's worth. Uh, next game, we got the Giants with uh, new quarterback Daniel Jones in for Eli heading uh, heading down to Tampa. Looks like Tampa's a six and a half point home favorite here, the total of forty seven and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Look ahead line here, three and a half Tampa Bay. The Westgate opened Tampa Bay minus six and they opened 
the total 48 and a half, uh, a little bit of downward movement on that total again, not, not as much as some other gains, but yeah, it, I don't know if it has a lot to do with the quarterback. To me, I think this is kind of, I mean, the point spread shows that it didn't really move much when Eli was announced. Uh, he's not going to be starting, but uh, yeah, Daniel Jones now at the helm and doesn't look like there's a huge market adjustment at all. So we'll see if the, I think the thing that you should see is a motivation uptick for the Giants. I think they're going to be more, more enthralled a little bit now that they have a, a new quarterback that's not super old and has been washed up for several, what, four or five years, or, you know, from my opinion, almost his whole career. I've never been a big Eli fan, but I know I'm kind of in the minority there, but, uh, hasn't shown me much. So I, I think, uh, if anything, this would be a, a positive for the Giants. I think, uh, Maybe, you know, this would be a decent time. I think that would be the way, way you want to look, I think, if anything. Uh, but the problem is, like, yeah, if you don't have any any stats, any data, or any any eyes on Jones myself, I haven't watched him at all. And like I said, I don't watch college a whole lot. So it's, uh, it comes down to me that, uh, you know, the Giants are passed, but it, you know, definitely pretty tough to get to the window. So I don't, I most likely won't be involved in this game. But I think it really comes down to, I don't know how you can bet uh, Tampa Bay, even at home uh, with, with Winston at the helm. He just has been looking. So awful, but at the same time, you know, this could be a team where, or it could be a game where he comes out and looks halfway decent and gets people on on a ship a little bit. But yeah, I just uh, I'm not a big Winston fan. There's no way that I think he should be laying <laughs> this many points at home, uh, even to, to anybody almost, uh, other than maybe the Miami. So yeah, to me, it's gonna be a, a Giants or pass, but most likely a pass for me. Yeah, it's pretty annoying because I I put I made a bet at over 48 early in the week. Cause I, just, I think Tampa, even though their, their final scores have been 31-17 and 2014 on that Thursday nighter against the Panthers, I think Tampa's, as they've been the last couple of years, pretty much a dead nuts over team. I think with Winston, he's the type of, like, sling it downfield, make something good or bad happen either way, which results in usually in, in points compared to the ultra conservative styles of some, some offenses. So he's uh i think and then especially with arians you know back when he was with the cardinals they were always a really aggressive uh you know over leaning coach so it just seems to me like there's going to be value betting tampa overs at some point and then conversely the giants with their just horrendous defense that got shredded by the cowboys got shredded quite a bit by the bills last week um i think they're somewhat of an over team too cuz i don't think their defense is going to get much stouter um and uh, eli was not not by, on the Winston level, but I thought he was a oh, he'll make some throws here and there, but he also makes quite a few mistakes, and those are the kind of guys that you want to lead to points. But now I don't like my bet quite as much with Jones coming in here because I don't know how they're going to handle him, and so maybe he has more scoring upside than Eli potentially. But I think there's also a good chance that they're going to be pretty conservative and kind of ease him into the role, and you know do the lot of uh, you know bootlegs and short routes and run the ball and. And what have you. So I, I'm kind of in a wait and see, uh, hold mentality here at the Giants. But if they do kind of open it up with him at all and, uh, let him sling it around because they know they're not going anywhere this year and just kind of let him, uh, you know, trial by fire, or, you know, learn, learn on the run here. Um, then I think there could be a lot of value with the Giants over going forward. So I'm actually pretty curious to tune into this game and, and see how it plays out here. And I think you could probably gain, uh, quite a bit of information for the, for the future. So I'm excited for that. Next game, uh, I don't think it's on the board here. You got Carolina heading to Arizona, and uh, I don't know. Do you see any numbers in this game at all, or Cam Newton's yeah, status yeah. in question? Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't know. If, I'm sure they're not actual live. I haven't even had the. I'm not interested, so I haven't checked them at all. So yeah, to me, to me, I think it just uh, we move on to the next game here. I don't have any information uh, on uh, on Newton, and I'm not really sure what's going on, and uh, not not a game really looking to bet anyway. So yeah, well, just one quick thing is. Uh, Last Monday night with the the Browns, I I parlayed a, a handful of games to the Browns money line for this week, and uh, just thinking betting against Trevor Simeon basically. Once they were at six and a half, I didn't really feel comfortable, but I parlayed a handful, and one of them was this Arizona plus three before the Cam Newton news because I just didn't think Carolina was all that great. So I'm liking that bet there. I got one leg of the parlay home and plus three with Arizona, uh, whatever the number comes at here going forward. So um, next game. Got New Orleans with uh, without Drew Brees with old Teddy Two Gloves at the helm heading up to Seattle and it looks like Seattle's a four and a half point uh, home favorite here the total of forty five. Yeah, my power rating here Seattle minus six and a half. The look ahead line Seattle one. Obviously that's a Brees number and then the Westgate opened uh, with the Bridgewater being announced in Seattle minus four and a half. The total here opened forty five and a half. 
yeah, this is one of the games I like, you know, probably the most, one of the most on the board. I, I think this one's rather simple. It seems to me like, uh, there wasn't a big enough adjustment made from, uh, the Breeze news and, uh, having Bridgewater in. I, you know, granted Bridgewater wasn't able to practice and everything with the team all week and had to come in in relief of, of Breeze last game, but, I didn't really like a whole lot what I saw there, and I think this New Orleans team is, is, is trending the wrong way as opposed to, uh, you know, upward. So I think Seattle's a team I've been kind of low on, but I think they've been obviously having a, a bet on Pittsburgh last week. And uh like I said, Seattle I think was the right side and ended up winning outright, let alone covering. So I think that's pretty impressive on the road like that to go in, into Pittsburgh. And, yeah, I get it, Roethlisberger got hurt, but now they're coming home and they play it significantly better at home, and that's a big home field advantage with that crowd especially when their team's good and uh, help the defense and help everything else out uh, for the Seattle team. So, yeah, to me, I think this uh, this is a little light here. So I've liked, liked a lot of favorites here, which is definitely against the norm for me myself. But, yeah, to me, it's Seattle here. Uh, I'm seeing some forwards in Vegas, and that's the way I'm going to be looking uh, is having a decent-sized bet here on Seattle laying the points, uh, obviously a little bit more than the field goal. But on under six, I think anything under under six here, I think, is a, a bet on for Seattle at my buy price uh, for sure. Be able to get done, hopefully get business done here at home against the, the Saints and Bridgewater. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I just don't think what Seattle's done. I, I wasn't really that high on them coming into the season, and maybe I'm just being stubborn. But they were losing down three at half before the Big Ben left the game, and you know they were not like they were getting dominated by any means. But um, so then when he gets hurt, and they end up winning the game, and it was fairly impressive the way they shredded the. Steelers defense there in the second half, so it wasn't just the Ben deal. But then before that, you know, barely holding off that Cincy team, who then turns around and gets blown out by San Francisco. Um, it's not all that impressive of a resume to me by any means. And then New Orleans, I, I, I kind of agree with you, I guess. I don't think, um, I think Teddy's probably getting a little bit more credit than he deserves because he really hasn't looked all that great, uh, ever since he came back from his injury for the most part. So. I don't really know what to make of this game, though. Um, I could see New Orleans kind of going a little bit more conservative with Teddy and just doing more short routes and focusing a lot on Kamara and, and Murray. And I think if they would have returned that touchdown last week that got called back, you know, who knows? Uh, they they might have uh, been a little bit more frisky in that game against L.A., and they might even be thought of more highly. So I, I, don't, I don't have any interest really in backing New Orleans here, but with the un, unknown of Teddy and then, just unknown of how good Seattle actually is to me. This is a pretty easy pass, so I'll uh, root with you, but probably won't be involved myself. Next game is the uh, Houston Texans heading to L.A. to face the Chargers. Looks like the Chargers are uh, three here with extra juice at home with a uh, total of 47.5. Yeah, my power rating here is the Chargers minus three. Look at line, Chargers three and a half. The Westgate open Chargers minus three, minus 120. The total here open 48. This one I'm a little, little bit torn on. I think this will be a pretty good game. I think we can learn a lot from it. Um, and, you know, part of me is thinking, okay, take the Chargers, but a little bit, they're basically saying on paper here they're a little bit better team than Houston. And I don't know, but then I, then the more I think about it, you have the weak home field for the Chargers. They haven't looked overly impressive and they've basically been shooting themselves in the foot. So whether that continues or not, and maybe a lot of that has to do with the uh, the coaching and, and the inexperience from the players. They got a lot of injuries too, kind of like Philly. I think they're kind of similar teams. With all these injuries, you obviously have the problem of the, the running back that we talked about last week, and it's been since the start of the season. And Gordon, and there's a lot of uh, you know kind of all over the place here with, with problems that during the game and off the field, there's just a lot of distractions, and you got the home field and all the stuff that's very minimal. So yeah, it just seems like a lot there for the Chargers and. Uh, with Houston, that, that's a team that I, I kind of want to be backing right now in, in a sense. But, yeah, that game uh, last week that wasn't overly impressive and seemed like that was a, a, a game that they could have gone in and, and done pretty well. So uh, that's a little, uh, like I said, so i got to put my foot on the brake a little bit with that Houston team. I think it'll be interesting to see. And, and again, maybe it had more to do with that Jacksonville defense. Like you said, I, I don't know. I, I think that's what I would tend to believe. But we'll, we'll see here. And like I said, I think we'll learn a lot from this game. Um, to me, I think this game's pretty simple. I mean, at three, I think I like the Chargers, and if you give me the extra hook, you take Houston. So at that point, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, wiggle room. So to me, it's uh, you know kind of a wait and see approach. Maybe the number will move a little bit one way or the other. Uh, but yeah, to, to me, I think I'm not going to most likely not going to have a bet on this game uh, before kickoff. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I I think the Chargers are maybe slightly better, and that's why you're paying the extra juice and laying the three, which like you alluded to or like you said, uh, you know, not all that strong a home field. And 
Well, like I mentioned last week, playing on the Chargers on the road, they're a team I like to bet against when they're at home, even though I think they have a fairly high ceiling. But, yeah, we mentioned all the injuries and factor in the weak home field, and Houston's a kind of a capable team. It seems like if they get halfway decent protection, Watson's going to have a, you know, do, do work, and they're a very live team to win the game outright. And if he doesn't have a lot of protection, then they could lose pretty easily. So uh, I, I don't know how to really cap this Chargers team uh, at the moment, and I don't think Houston's really all that much of a certainty either. So in a game like this where I think it's lined pretty pretty accurately, it's just uh, an easy pass, but it should be a good game to watch. And like you said, it'll be interesting to uh, see what information you can gain from this one going forward. All right, we got uh last afternoon game here. we got Pittsburgh heading to San Francisco. Looks like the Niners are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite here with a total of 44. Oh, uh, yeah, my power rating here, San Francisco, seven-and-a-half. Look at the line here, Pittsburgh, minus one-and-a-half. Obviously, the Roethlisberger news out for the season. Uh, change that. The Westgate open here, San Francisco, seven, and the total here open 44-and-a-half. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in this game. To be honest, I don't think uh, I think Rudolph and relief of, of Roethlisberger look pretty solid. Actually, I had a bet on Pittsburgh, like I mentioned a few times now, last week, and uh, <laughs> so far Pittsburgh has cost me quite a bit of money uh, so far this season between week one and, and week two. It's uh, so a little bit a uh, little bit snake bit from from them as a team as a whole, but at the same time, uh, I think you're paying a little bit of a premium here on San Francisco. Obviously, a pretty big adjustment, and I think for the most part it is warranted. But I think we'll learn a lot from uh, this Rudolph to see if he can. It, Play, I think he, like I said, played pretty decent relief there, and I, we'll see if he can continue or if it's just kind of a a one a one shot deal. So, um, and I'm, I'm, the San Francisco team, I think, is kind of hard to figure out too. I think the 49ers are a team where you know it's kind of been a roller coaster for me. I'm kind of a little bit higher on going into the season, then kind of lower on. Now they look like they're somewhat competent again. I don't know. So, but there's such few data points that we'll we'll wait and see. I don't think we're going to really learn a whole lot from this game. From San Francisco, it seems like they take care of business, and you know they'd kind of expect it. And if they don't, then you kind of downgrade them, I guess. But again, who knows how much that has to do with Pittsburgh being in a desperation spot at 0 and 2 and everything else? So, yeah, that's been an interesting game. I think a slightly interesting game, but it's just hard for me to get an angle here and, and hard to back uh, the Pittsburgh team uh, with a with a quarterback that we haven't seen much. It's not very proven in Rudolph. So, yeah, I'll pass for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you here again. I like the motivation factor. You said 0-2 Pittsburgh heading to 2-0 Niners, and clearly Pittsburgh's not giving up on the season trading for uh, Fitzpatrick there as a quarterback or cornerback. Um, so, but, yeah, like Rudolph's a total unknown to me. Yeah, he looked fairly capable last week, but who knows uh, how he's going to really be. And then, yeah, the Niners I thought looked horrendous, even though they won at Tampa week one. And they turn around and absolutely blow out the Bengals, who looked halfway decent in week one. So really not sure what to make of them. I, I do like Shanahan as a coach, and Jimmy G, I'm not really sure what to make of coming off his injury. So a lot of unknowns for me, and I just don't really see a uh, anything that I can really hold, hang my hat on and say I'm going to back this and put, be willing to put my money down on it. So maybe uh, maybe we'll learn something here going forward about who Pittsburgh is and whether they can be kind of sneaky or whether they're a total fade here going forward. All right, Sunday night game. We got the uh, the Rams of L.A. three point road favorites here heading to Cleveland. Looks like a total of forty nine, forty nine and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is the Rams minus one and a half. Westgate look at line. Rams minus one and a half. The game opened Rams three even money, and then reopened after that uh, Monday night game for Cleveland two and a half minus one twenty in favor of the Rams. So uh, not a huge move, but a little bit. And then uh, the total here opened fifty and a half. Yeah, to be honest, this game I've been going back and forth on. Uh, looks, yes, yeah, like you said, three pretty much across the board now. So a little, little bit of, uh, you know, bouncing around. Uh, yeah, this one's a little tough for me because I think this Rams team, it seems a little undervalued, uh, maybe a touch. I think you know, you've been on them, I think, the first two weeks. I was on them last week, and they're pretty easy uh, winning cover uh, last week <laughs> against the Saints. But at the same time, it's uh, it seems like you're – uh, I don't know. This, this Cleveland team, I guess, I guess what it really comes down to is it's hard to judge this Cleveland team. That Obviously, the players they have and, and everything else, the hype has, has, has been up there, and they have the personnel to stick with them. But at the same time, you know, what kind of Cleveland team are you going to get? And I don't really put a whole lot of stock into it. I, I kind of told you I felt like it was pretty pretty clear-cut that even six and a half on the road last week, I just felt like it was a pretty 
pretty easy bet and actually and and end up actually getting there but uh obviously one in pretty easy fashion in the way the game played out but again you're playing against a, a jets probably the second or third worst team in the league for sure so it doesn't really tell you a whole lot so obviously a huge step up in class here and we'll learn a lot from cleveland i think here i don't know if we'll learn as much about the rams but uh yeah to me it's it's i don't know i did i guess if you look one way you got to look at the home dog in cleveland but i just be a little hesitant with that just because they do have so much hype and they do have so much uh you know whatever high, high, highly valued uh adjustment here i think for cleveland just going into it so you're not getting a whole lot of uh you know not under the radar i guess you could say at all with the, with the cleveland team so yeah to me uh it'll be a pretty good game but uh again i don't know if we'll have a whole lot of action here on this game i think there's uh, some other other games that i've talked about earlier in the pod that i think i'll like more yeah this, this is one of the games i bet with that cleveland money line against the jets last week figuring they're gonna blow off the jets look pretty impressive a lot of that preseason hype's gonna kind of bubble back up to the surface, and this number is going to get bet down. I took plus three this week, parlayed to that from last week, and then my thought was then I can decide if I want to come back and, and hit the Rams fairly hard at minus one and a half or minus two or whatever it was, and then there's a chance that you could, if you know if the Rams win by three exactly, you win the Rams bet, plus I still uh, would push that the parlay from last week and then win the one side of it, so I'd still win money on that bet and then come back and like kind of middle the game a little bit. And I'm kind of surprised here that the, the there hasn't been a little bit of move towards Cleveland. I know I know it was a pretty easy uh, you know foregone conclusion in a way that they were going to come out and beat the Jets, and the way it, it happened with Simeon going out and Falk coming in, uh, you know, not that I expect them to get upgraded by any means, but maybe it will once we get closer to Sunday night and the public gets involved with it and saw the Cleveland kind of get right and OBJ breaking that long long run or long uh, catch. Or touchdown there in prime time, maybe the the public Cleveland betters will come out and it'll drive the number down a tad, and they'll end up working out the way I was kind of envisioning it working out. But as of so far, it really hasn't gone that direction uh, at all. So it looks like uh, at three, I, I don't really know. I guess I'd I'd lean Cleveland, but uh, I don't I don't love it because I do agree with what you're saying. Is I think this Rams team is a little bit a little bit underrated. Still a big McVay fan. Uh, not a huge fan of Goff, but I just have so much talent that. Uh, I like them, but it's just playing three on the road against a Cleveland team that, if everything goes right for them, could very easily win the game. It's not really a bet I'm willing to make. It's There's some, like last week, I bet a lot of short road favorites, but I thought those were a lot of uh, pretty heavy mismatches where I don't know if this is necessarily a huge mismatch here with uh, the home primetime Browns fans. They're going to be just going absolutely bonkers for how excited they are for this team. So, uh, yeah, this this going right on fuel overly strongly about, and I'm kind of curious to see which way the line goes. Uh, then finally we got the Monday night game. We got uh, the Bears of Chicago laying four on the road here to Washington with a uh, total of 41.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Chicago, 4.5. Look at line, Chicago, 4.5. The Westgate open, Chicago, 6.5. And, and the total here open, 42.5. Um yeah, for, for me on this game, it's uh, when I when I was going through doing my numbers, I was kind of surprised that uh, I figured this would be a three or maybe even a little bit light, lighter than a three. So I was kind of shocked at how high it did open, and even where the current market's at now, I think it's uh, you know it's come down a little bit now. It looks like it's kind of steadily going down and down. So uh, I, I don't know. The, to me, it's I don't really know. I understand Washington. It's, I think a lot of it has to do obviously with the markets kind of crashing on Washington and and everything else. So they just have looked uh, not 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 the best, a little anemic, but I think Keenum's been, I think if anything, impressed me more than anything. I, I've never been, a, I've been a Keenum fan since he left Minnesota. I'm glad we got rid of him, all that stuff. But he's he's looked at least uh, gives him some kind of life, even if he's not making perfect throws or anything else. It seems like they like keep him in the game and, and give him some kind of of hope, as opposed to some of these other quarter, other quarterbacks like uh, you know like Simeon or something like that that you just basically have no 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 faith or anything at all in. So. Uh, I don't know. They're, they are a team, hard team to get to the window, which I'm sure that's why the adjustment of uh, why Chicago Woods came in so high. But to me, it's just Chicago is almost unbackable uh, with, with Trubisky. I know we've been harping on Trubisky about how bad he is and how we don't like him for the last few years, but he's just been a guy that uh, I think has even looked worse this year. I mean, that's the, this is the type of season where you'd expect Trubisky to take a step forward and look better if he was that type of quarterback or a franchise quarterback for the Bears. And if anything, it's gone the exact opposite. I know, again, uh, not to mention him again, but Lombardi brought him up multiple times uh, over the off season and uh, early in the season already and then talking about how uh, he gets a lot of grief for railing on uh, Trubisky. But, you know, I do agree, and uh, we've thought that, I think, me and you for a while now. So 
Uh, it's just a lot of points here for Trubisky, and uh, I think to me it's, it's a Washington pass for sure. But, again, uh, another primetime game not a whole lot of interest in. Yeah, um, I, I agree for the most part. I think, to me, Keem's a guy I'd rather have on the road catching like 8 or 10 than I would at home catching 4. Uh, I still would lean Washington here because, yeah, I don't trust Trubisky, and I don't really – I think the Bears are still getting a little bit too much respect than they probably should. Uh, but I think Washington, even though they only lost by 10 to the Cowboys last week, that seems a little a little phony to me. Uh, they, they were pretty well handled the whole game, and then outside of jumping out on the Eagles, they pretty much got handled by them pretty easily for the rest of that game too, and then got the lucky backdoor to even cover after they had a, a big lead early. So uh, I think Washington, they're, they might be a tad bit frisky, but I think if anything, they're more like fools frisky than anything. I think they'll... They'll put up some points to make it look fairly respectable, and that's why I said if you're catching over a touchdown or double digits, they're the kind of team that I I love Keenum in that spot, just driving against a prevent defense to get a garbage touchdown to make the score look better and maybe cover if you're catching a lot. But in a game that's lined this sounds, close. Sounds like a little uh, familiar to your week one bet, Frank. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's exactly where I want Keenum because I do think, he, like you said, he's better than some of the guys that just don't have a pulse whatsoever. But in a game where it's lined where they pretty much have to win or it's a field goal game either way, especially with how little talent Washington has uh, outside of, of you know, Keenum or whatever, supporting cast is just pretty inept. So I, I, I want to bet Washington here, but I also just wouldn't be surprised if the Bears kind of get right against a pretty weak opponent, in my opinion in prime time, and, and then all of a sudden, kind of like with Cleveland, if they win on Sunday night, even though it's against a way better opponent, if one of those teams look good, all that preseason hype and then some is going to come back, and then I'd love to bet against them going forward. So uh want to bet Washington, but I don't think I'm going to get there, and I'm just going to hope that Chicago blows them out and then gives me more opportunity to bet against Chicago uh, in the weeks to follow. So, yeah, that'll do it. There's uh, all 16 games here for week three. Uh, let's uh, finish up the pod and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week, uh, you had a teaser with the Niners uh, that got there extremely easily, and then the Texans that uh, didn't quite get there, and the old dreaded tease them down below a field goal, and then they win the game, but you don't cover the teaser, which is yeah. uh, definitely painful. I think that's and, a good good telltale sign of how my uh, football season's gone so far this year. I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good indicator. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And, uh, and then my pick of the week was the Rams, which got there fairly easily, uh, holding off the Saints there at home. And obviously the Breeze injury played a, a role in that as well. But so I'm one and all here to start the season, and Rob's on one. So uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> I keep the uh, the AS pick of the week heater going. I don't know why. Those have been good here the last couple of years, even though the rest of my picks haven't been overly impressive. But um, I really don't like this week that much. Like I, I've said, a lot of games, and I like you know I have small bets. I think there's like a little bit of value here and there. But as with last week, I felt real good about a few of them. Uh, this week, there's there's not really much that uh, that I love. So with that being said, um, I think I think I'm going to go to the one that. Uh, we disagreed on a little bit, and I think I'm going to take uh, I think I'm going to take Indy minus one and a half at home, and uh, hope they can hold off the Falcons. What uh, What are you looking at? Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from on that pick. I think it'll be an interesting game for sure. Like we mentioned, uh, I think for me uh, between two here, like I said, this is to me. I think that there's a about a anywhere from four to a dozen bets that I like and will have money on, but nothing that I'm going to be you know. Like, you know, one pick that I like the most or have an extra unit on or anything like that. So I want a big play or anything like that. So for me, I think uh, just looking at the numbers, where I can get it at, the widely available and everything else, I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to start uh, my first Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Jacksonville team at home, catching one and a half. I think it's a prevailing number there. So we'll take the, the point and a half with Jacksonville for the pick of the week at home Thursday night. There you go. I like it. That's, that's a game, too, where I thought about that as I was looking here. Teasing Jacksonville up to seven and a half, and then the Vikings down to two and a half seems like a pretty, pretty spectacular yeah, teaser that's, too. That's actually a really good teaser. Yeah, more, more you think about that for sure, especially with that low total, obviously indicates a lower, 
totals of the points are going to be coming at a premium from the point spread perspective. So, yeah, that Jacksonville, if you can tease them. And, yeah, like you said, Minnesota's in a prime teaser position or, or a Green Bay, one of those two for sure. Uh, that would be, a, yeah, a definitely an excellent-looking teaser. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, you got Jacksonville there on the Thursday nighter, and uh, I got Indy on Sunday. So let's uh, let's get it. Let's go to an owner picks of the week. And you got any other concluding thoughts here to wrap up the pod? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like I said, yeah, like you said, let's uh, let's get them done and let's get uh, let's get back on the board. I'm gonna see if I can not start the season super awful like I did last season. Now he's have to come from come from behind there and uh, with the picks of the week. So yeah, you gotta get the Stefan Diggs shovel out and <laughs> shovel your way back to the surface here. But you've done a pretty good job of it uh, the last couple of years. But yeah, it'd be nice to avoid that from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. A little bit, a little, little stressful. I got enough stress going on in my life. Uh, don't have to, don't have to worry about that too. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Well, all right, uh, that'll do it there for the uh, the week three NFL pod. So good luck to everybody this weekend. Uh, best of luck in all your bets, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports podcast. Check out AroneSports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 